Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Apparently, Weed, there is really no end to the madness that has become of the year 2020. The site for this atrocity is a cemetery behind a church in Antwerp, Belgium, where biologists are warning what's growing back there could be deadly, at least to the local environment anyway. Back in the 1990s, someone, possibly trying to make something they could sell in a pet store, came up with something that's now loose and in the wild, and not only does it not belong there, it doesn't belong at all, because it's a mutant self-cloning crawfish animal that doesn't occur in nature but is now threatening to take over creeks, rivers, and puddles in the area. Scientists say the animal came from a single female and does not need males to reproduce. This year just keeps on giving, doesn't it? <laughs> the hits just keep on coming. It's yes. Is plague still in play, Cliff? Or? I, I think we could break out the word plague. <laughs> I've never seen a year that just, to me, feels like it hasn't even existed. It doesn't even feel no. like we've had a year this year. I know. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. We're almost in November, and I'm like, this year has had absolutely no events whatsoever exciting. On the good side. A lot of bad side events. There's, there's plenty of excitement, but none of it's good. None of it's good. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Cliff, I'm um, having trouble finding things to do, to be honest with you. I've oh, really? run out of the pretty well the creative <laughs> responses that I can have right now. This, week, this year, Cliff, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's like every week is 25 days long. That's the way it feels like whenever I start to do something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and all kind of weird things happen. I went I went to shoot a wedding. Uh, I was shooting a wedding Saturday. And it was basically the first indoor wedding that I've shot since all this beeswax started. And they, they were very careful. They took everyone's temperature when they arrived. And they had masks for everyone. But still, somehow, the DJ's fog machine set off the smoke alarm. So I was like... <laughs> Boy, would they have not been in trouble if you would have got there and your temperature was up? Oh, yeah, that would have been bad. Then then what do you do? <laughs> then what's your backup plan there, Mr. Photographer? It's a little, it's a little late to have a backup plan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> would they have looked the other way, you think, Cliff? I don't know, <laughs> ironically. That's the first thing I thought of. What happens if the photographer at the wedding I don't know. has a I little mean, bit I, of a fever? I, I I'd kind of, you know, I check myself before I leave. I took my temperature this morning, as a matter of fact. So you do that daily? Well, not every day, but many days I do. Yeah, just to be sure. Well, I wasn't really that nervous about things until you mentioned that, Cliff. <laughs> I mean, don't you want to be sure? I like to be ignorant, Cliff. I like to just be ignorant to the facts and just go on my merry way. <laughs> we did an idea that seems to be gaining traction these days, while actual real drive-in movie theaters have all but disappeared. The need for them in a socially distanced world is now greater than ever, and that's why you see businesses all over set them up on a temporary basis. I believe they're doing that at the Walmart in Evansville, or have done it in recent days. And you do have to give organizers of this pop-up drive-in movie credit for at least thinking of the problem before the event actually took place. The Storyhouse Moonlight Drive-In, at first thought they'd set up a screen in the parking lot of the stadium where the Chester Football Club plays in the U.K., but had to scramble to find another location when it was realized there was a peculiar issue in that area. It seems as though the border between Wales and England runs right through the parking lot. 
And right now, there's a Welsh lockdown, but just to the north, English residents can come and go as long as they're socially distanced. You might think of it as some kind of uh, thing like the border between Illinois and Indiana, but without the river. In many parts of northern Indiana and Illinois, it's that way. You just drive over an imaginary line and you change states. And most of the time, there's no problem. But in this particular case, there is. The screen and cars were all set to be parked in England, and the bathrooms are all over on the other side of the border. Police in Wales threatened to be on the scene if changes were not made to ensure moviegoers didn't stray over the line to do their business. <laughs> I like to follow the law, Cliff, but I would break that law right there. <laughs> I was going to say, or you could just do your business over the line, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> here you go, Wales. <laughs> of the morning, Bill McCracken woke up today with a terrible nightmare. I dreamed that the candy contest was over. Uh, what are we going to do now, lads? Wait, I can't wait to see what wonderful game uh, you've got for us next up your uh, short little sleeves. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of off-putting on a Monday morning, Cliff. Our candy yeah, contest mean, didn't go as well as we thought. It's pretty harsh for right out of the gate. Yes. I'm say that. I mean, although it was spot-on accurate, well, it was pretty harsh. It was accurate, <laughs> but we don't need to... We don't need accuracy on this program. <laughs> no. We're much better when it's inaccurate. Yeah. And I got to thinking about that, Cliff, after mouthy yeah. Phil there. You know, I'm thinking, Cliff, maybe for uh, Thanksgiving we could uh, pair up with like a grocery store and they could give away frozen turkeys. Okay. And I would dress up as a turkey in costume yeah. and stand inside the gazebo here in downtown Princeton. Okay. And they could give away the uh, grocery store some <laughs> yeah. kind of ball that doesn't hurt, and people could stand outside the gazebo and throw at me. And if you hit the turkey, <laughs> so you win a turkey. So you're if you're you're dressed as a turkey. Yes. We're gonna give people a ball that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. That's the key thing there. Yes. And, and if they can wing you with the turkey ball. They're going to win a turkey. Yes. Is that better than the candy contest? I mean, it might be better, yeah, especially if Phil McCracken comes by and, I don't know, uses our substitutes without anyone knowing a baseball for the ball that won't hurt. No, we don't need balls like that. We need soft ones so I don't get injured in the turkey costume. You don't want to see me well, down build- there with an injury in a turkey costume, and I don't want to go to the hospital with that either. Just I- put extra padding in the turkey costume. Yeah, where would I put it? I don't Around your middle, I don't know. Somebody texted in, I want to use a softball. No, no, they're not That's soft. That's too hard. Yes. I'm thinking Nerf or a small plastic one. We'll leave it up to the grocery store. How's that? Okay. That, well, you sure you want to go? Yeah. We've done that before. We're just going to leave it up to them. And we nearly died, remember? Oh, that's true, yeah. Here's <laughs> remember Lady that? A. Yes, I do. Remember, <laughs> Weed, I like where your head's at with this new game. I'm digging it, man. How about we tar and feather you? No, we're not tar and feathering me. <laughs> Did I mention anything about that, Cliff? No, you said you were going to dress as a turkey. That's it. I mean, certainly we got the right kind of feathers. Tarring and feathering would work. Well, there's no need for the tar and feathering. I'm having you throw <laughs> soft balls at me. Not the softball, the soft ball at me. And if you hit me, you'll win a frozen turkey from a sponsor. How's that? Okay. And see, we can social distance that way. You'll be on the outside of the um, gazebo, and I'll be running scared on the inside of it, way away from you. That'd be cool. I won't run up close to the rail where you're standing. You know, and we'll have to have everybody throw in line, get in line, distanced away, yeah. and then 
Everybody so, throws from one spot. You can't just like okay, circle so, the wagons and throw so up at the same be time. Like, 30 people surrounding the gazebo tossing at you. Well, I think that's a bit much. We won't get 30 people that excited to do it. We might have well, six. Well, I mean, okay, that kind of like the candy contest. <laughs> right. So we yeah. might have six, but I don't want six yeah. balls coming at but, me at know, once. The cool thing about this is I can see you getting winged by balls right from where I'm sitting. I don't even have to go over there. I can see it from right Well, there. I would appreciate if you'd come down there and be on my <laughs> side, Cliff. Huh? Come and be <laughs> on my side. <laughs> I'm not getting in there with you. <laughs> well, you can stand on the outside edge and, and root for me. You know, like call people <laughs> rag arm and stuff like that when they got ready to throw. You know, like I'm sure Ron Johnson, I'm sure he's a rag arm. He couldn't hit me, so I wouldn't worry well, about yeah. him. Okay. I might even let, do they have tables inside there? I mean, you could. Well, we can. I got a table I can carry over there. I suppose well, if you're gonna make me go, I got a table I can bring down. Well, if you could bring one in there, if we get all this yeah. set up, then I'll just lay on that table when Ron Johnson's throwing. He won't even come close. <laughs> you're gonna lay on the table. Morning, Wheaton Cliff. Nick Montwell checking in. Weed, I like where Phil McCracken's going there with the tarring and feathering. But if you're insisting on doing the ball thing, how about using one of them red rubber balls they used to use in PE class for dodgeball? Oh, you mean murder ball? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You see, Cliff, I can see a picture of one of those big red rubber balls. Yeah. And I can still, just by looking at the picture, yeah. hear the noise it makes as it pops off my face. I want That's nothing sh- to do with those things. Ding. Oh, man, them things hurt. <laughs> and, of course, there was a penalty for hitting someone in the face with a murder ball, and the penalty was a warning to never do it again. <laughs> yes. It should have been you can't graduate from high school, but no. You know, Cliff, and I got a little problem with Nick's comments. Yeah, he's why is like, that? He's liking where this is going with the tar and feathering. <laughs> there will be no tar and feathering. Well, I mean, it would be, you know, what's weird is, were they not at odds last week? Exactly. Bill McCracken and Nick from Otwell at odds, calling each other out, and now they've aligned to, I don't know, Hit you with a murder ball. <laughs> you put a guy in a turkey outfit, and it seems to bring people together, Cliff. They, so they want to tar and feather you and hit you with a murder ball. Oh, we got a call here from old Ragarm. Uh, Let's see what he's oh, got up his okay. sleeve. I'm thinking you're being kind of a sissy here. I think you really need to dress up as a turkey, put a bullseye on that belly of yours, and just let everybody shoot you with paintballs. I think that'd be the way to go. Let's chicken okay we're not doing paintballs either <laughs> no and he's not too chicken he's turkey he's turkey <laughs> we're not even sure we're gonna do this let's calm down a little bit it was just a suggestion thrown out there this morning there's nothing in the works or anything and if it's oh. ron johnson throwing at me i hope yeah. he brings the biggest ball he can carry because with that rag arm he couldn't actually hit me with it unless it was huge. <laughs> well, he's trying uh, to tar and feather me, Cliff. I mean, I know. <laughs> it upsets me a little bit. I mean, this is certainly not the first time we've had an accused criminal leave behind a piece of crucial evidence at the scene. But it is the first time the evidence was as crucial as this. Oh, yeah, we've we've talked about criminals who've left behind their driver's licenses or debit cards, that type of thing. We've even talked about some who filled out a job application complete with their real name and address before committing a crime. But when 50-year-old Hugh Sieber walked away from the location where a log splitter was later reported as stolen in Marlow, Tennessee, well, you can bet he wished he had back what he was leaving behind and for more reasons that it would be used later to point police in his direction. Because... It was his severed finger. 
Someone dropped the man off at the local hospital, and he was then transferred to Knoxville for further treatment. A detective soon showed up with the severed finger, and after saying, yep, that's a match, told Sieber he'd be arrested with felony theft. Police spokesman said it was the first time in recent memory that a suspect had been fingered for a crime in such a way, and while it was certainly not the tip police were expecting, they'll use whatever they can get, adding they usually have to rely on fingerprints and not the entire finger to find the criminal. You would think you might want to stop and pick that up, Cliff. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> I know you're in a hurry when you're stealing stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you don't mm -hmm. lose a body part, perhaps you want to get that back. You want to just retrieve that as you leave. Yeah. When I was looking at the calendar, Cliff, and we're, mm -hmm. we're about a month, give or take, from high school basketball action kicking up here in the area. and yeah. Well, they've already announced in Evansville they're going to limit the number of folks coming in and going to have small crowds at the basketball yeah. games there. And mm. yeah. Small crowds don't bother me, Cliff. I'm used to that here at Country 98.1. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't affect my performance That's, a single little bit. Right. That's why, you know, we proudly talk about our 11 listeners. Yes. So, And it all yeah. started for me, Cliff, back in Little League. Oh, it did. Huh? Yes, because we yeah. had small, small crowds at Little League's games. Uh, okay. Usually it's the parents, the grandparents, sometimes an aunt and an uncle, and yeah. siblings that have been drugged to the games. That's right, but, but under threat of, I don't know, punishment. Yes. Yeah. We didn't even have that. And <laughs> we didn't. It was so small, we didn't even play the national anthem before the Little League game wow. started. Okay. Yes. Basically, yeah. well, it was we needed to kill a little bit of time because the game starts at a certain time so you can get the yeah. next game in. We needed to kill some time, and the yeah. National Anthem wasn't long enough. So basically, we would have folks in the uh, stands, what little were there, they would all stand up and tell a little bit about themselves just to kill a little time before <laughs> oh, really? we started okay. the first pitch. <laughs> Me dressing up as this turkey and running around the, the gazebo uptown. Yeah, yeah. we talked about this uh, earlier this morning. Yes. Uh, it's a kind of a promotional thing. And it's just an idea at this point that you have come up with to be at the gazebo up here on the northwest corner of the courthouse square with inside of where I'm sitting. And uh, you'll be dressed as a turkey. Uh, and if you can, uh, if a listener can come by and hit you with a ball, they're going to win a free turkey from a yet-to-be-determined sponsor. Yes, a frozen turkey we'll have right there. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. that's the whole premise of it, is you throwing a ball and saving a little bit of money yeah. by not having to purchase a frozen turkey. Right. And it's turned <laughs> into tarring and feathering me. That's I right. Someone, someone said uh, that you should be tarred and feathered. That would be a suitable costume. <laughs> I got a text message about, yeah. you know, those dunking stands where they throw a ball and they hit the target and you fall in the yeah. water. Yeah. I was to be in a turkey outfit with boiling oil underneath me so they could <laughs> no. hear me scream whenever I hit the boiling oil. And then this came wow. in, Cliff. Okay. How about we fill Weed's turkey costume after he gets in it with candy and hang him up in the gazebo and let people whack him with a stick? Okay, there's not oh. going to be no whacking on me. <laughs> kind of like, uh, what do they call those uh, pinata things? Yeah. Exactly. You'd be, like a, you'd be like a human pinata. Well, let's just think about this. <laughs> do you really think that anybody, you know, yeah. first of all, wants to put yeah. their hand inside my costume? To stuff me with candy. To fill it with candy. Who's going to do of that? Anyone. There you go. I can't think of anyone who would want to put their hand inside your costume. That's right. And once it's in there, 
and all yeah. this candy's with me. Do you not think I won't sit around there just eat the candy and I don't <laughs> so, care if you hit me so or not? You'd be like hanging from a rope in the gazebo, chowing down on the Snickers, and by the time someone actually whacks you hard enough to uh, release the candy, it'll be all gone. Well, it might get released, but not the way you think it is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not with well, a that's rapper. Disgusting. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're trying to whack me with a stick, Cliff. I got to get disgusting. Little McCracken, uh, we, Cliff, uh, you've had more excitement and enthusiasm and interest in the torture the turkey gave. Uh, you've had more people respond in 30 minutes than you hadn't uh, respond in 30 days on that one crappy game. <laughs> I think you're heading the right direction, Les. Okay, this is not a. <laughs> Torture the turkey game. <laughs> it's you throwing a soft ball at me inside the I mean, gazebo dressed as a turkey. I, I mean, he he does have a point. We've been discussing this for a little longer than 30 minutes, maybe an hour, hour and a half. But we've had more discussion and more excitement about um, winging you in a turkey suit with a ball than we did, I don't know, in a, like a week and a half or three weeks or whatever it was that we did where people were voting on candy bars. Or that other crappy game, as Phil likes to call it. <laughs> he said that other crappy game, yeah. So maybe it's the fact that, you know, in the uh, in that candy game, we really didn't have any participants. It was just candy. You, my friend, are actually getting ready to take one for the team. You know what, Cliff? If we actually get this done, and there's no yeah. there's no possibility we probably will be able to pull this well, off. I mean, we can't do any of this without a sponsor. Yes. but Because if... otherwise it's just you... Being the turkey and getting tortured. Yes, there's no point of that. We're trying to give away, you know, free frozen turkeys. I mean, yeah, that's the whole point of the game. But I'm saying, Cliff, if we get a sponsor and promote this just all up the kazoo, there won't be three people that show up. Oh, they'll talk big now, you know, about torturing the turkey. (laughs) Yeah, That's right. But when it's game day. When it's pushed to shove. All the rag arms will stay home. (laughs) Looking at you, Phil. Yeah. I read this morning, Cliff, Mm -hmm. a guy in Germany was busted trying to break into a prison and win back his ex-girlfriend who had just dumped him by a telephone call. Now, I'm thinking, dude, if this girl's willing to go to prison just to get away from you, I think you should move on. I think That's a sign. I'm going to go with that's a sign. That's a sign she may be a little bit uh, aggravated with you if she's willing to go to prison to get away from you. It's time now for Take It to the Bank. Life okay. lessons on this take it to the bank, Cliff, on gathering <laughs> candy at Halloween. I was going to say, life lessons about trick-or-treating. Yes. Okay. And here are they Here they are, Cliff. They're pretty simple. Okay. Dads stay yeah. out longer than moms whenever you're trick-or-treating. Okay. So you want to go with dad, if at all possible, because he'll stay out late. Okay. The second one is moms always tell you to be polite generous and kind Mm -hmm. when you get back to the car only thing dad wants to know is what did you get that's all he cares about (laughs) he doesn't care about the rest now the places you need to go Mm -hmm. if they have a lot of decorations for halloween in their front yard yeah that means they've got good candy because they've spent a lot already on halloween and they don't want to disappoint you when you come to their haunted house okay makes sense does it certainly makes sense to me yeah yes and Handing out candy, I know this is going to be a little tricky, but it's a lot yeah. like serving wine at a party, kids. You see, people at 
a party at their house, they bring out the good wine first. And the longer you stay and the longer the night gets, they start bringing out the not-so-good stuff. (laughs) So you want to go out early on Halloween night because as the night goes... Mm. The candy gets worse and worse and worse as it goes. You'll end up with that stuff. What is that? Um, oh, I can't think of it now. It's something Charlie or Chucky's surprise or something like that. You oh, don't want I, none I don't of know that. What it is? Uh, the only thing that comes to my mind is circus peanuts. You'll end up with those too. Yes, <laughs> and candy corn. <laughs> so you got to hit it early, and you got to hit it with dad. And all of that, Cliff, you can yep. pretty well take straight to the bank. Hey, Reed. That was a great take it to the bank. Told the kids all about trick-or-treating. And you told them about how, what to expect at wine parties. Great job, man. Okay, I probably shouldn't have brought the wine party thing up there, Cliff. <laughs> I was doing it off the top of my head from memory there, and so yeah. my apologies uh-huh. for that. Shouldn't have said that. Bill McCracken. Wish we'd hear something from uh, uh, Ralph, the truck driver. Maybe he'd loan you some high heels for your turkey classroom there when we do a torture the turkey. Okay. Let's not get Ralph involved with these high heels or <laughs> talk about torturing a turkey anymore. We're done with that. Cliff, anything yes. said today? <laughs> well, the phrases of the day mean we're not done with that yet. Oh, my. <laughs> Number three, we're much better when we're inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we don't have to really try. No, that's right. <laughs> yes. Number Number two, tar and feather you and then hit you with a murder ball. <laughs> That may be actually the uh, best promotional idea that we've ever come up with here on uh, Weed and Cliff. I don't think so, no. <laughs> move on, move on, move on along. Go on Unless, on. of course, the number one morning roadshow phrase of the day happens. All the rag arms will stay home. <laughs> and you know who you are. Oh, they know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.